0: Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's word. We're going to get right into preaching, and uh, Brother Sherrod is here, and we're going to let you uh, come talk to us at the very end, if that's okay. If that'd be okay, Brother, and I apologize. And uh, ushers, I'm going to let you have a seat. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want you to be pleased. Lord, I, I just want you to know, out of all the assemblies taking place tonight, Regardless of the time zone, or regardless of the day is past or the day is coming, that Lord, we're no better than any other assembly. But God, I think I echo the hearts of everyone in this auditorium. We want you to do something, we desire for you to do something. There's too many promises in your word that you will do something. God, I ask that you would help us to remove that obstacle. God, help us, bless us on this night. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to give you 10 years to find the book of Daniel. Uh, so if you have a thumb tab, again, that's a cheater Bible. And uh, so uh, Daniel chapter 4, uh, if you will. Daniel chapter 4. We're going to pick up in verse number 28. This will be, and I did not realize um, until last night um, when I was kind of, or yesterday afternoon I should say, driving, um, meditating on today's sermons, this morning and tonight's sermon. I didn't realize they would be closely akin, um, but yet on different planes. We spoke this morning about being poor in spirit that if you're not poor in spirit, do not expect any spiritual assistance from heaven. Truths of God's Word are no good if you're full. Um, And to be in a impoverished state um, in your spirit. But now we come to Daniel chapter 4, and uh, the book of Daniel is a very interesting book, and I would encourage everybody here to really slow down and read. And in the book of Daniel uh, chapter 4, expressly in chapter 4. It is about King Nebuchadnezzar, and King Nebuchadnezzar was a force to be reckoned with. And King Nebuchadnezzar, if you will well, let's back up to verse number 4, if you will. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the vision of my head troubled me. Therefore, made I decree. So what he does at this point is he brings in all the wise men, the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, and he tells them the dream, but they did not make known the interpretation. I'm glancing at verse number seven. The interpretation, the the dream that, uh, that he had is a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had to come to grips with, and that was this. When you live in pride, don't expect the blessings to continue. Simply put, when you live in pride of accomplishment, then do not expect the blessings to continue. God will share His wisdom with you. God will share His power with you. God will share His wealth with you. God will share everything He has with you except one thing, and that is His glory. He will not be co-anything with you. There won't be any co-credit being given. God and man. doesn't work that way. And God comes and He sends this troubling dream to Nebuchadnezzar. And in the dream, God gives him time to take care of his pride. Now, that's very important. God gives him time to take care of his pride. Now we're going to pick up one year, in Daniel chapter 4, one year after this dream. So one year after this dream, then all of a sudden this pride, y'all look right up this way, this, this pride picks up. So let's pick up in verse number 28. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of 12 months, at the end of one year, 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. Now, it's the same palace that at the very beginning of the chapter he was flourishing in. The word flourishing can can also bring with it the connotation that flourishing means that he walked and he saw how great everything was going And then God said, I I need to give you a little bit of heads up here that you can't keep living with this pride. So I'm going to send a dream your way. Let me stop and just say this. Some of you are having dreams and nightmares, and you're not quite sure how to interpret them. God does speak and uses because it's the Holy Spirit of God. God. Just like he'll speak to you in the middle of a sermon. And he'll speak to you, your body, your mind is intaking all the time. And there are people that after they say, Pastor, here's what I'm dreaming, here's what my nightmares are, then I'll tell them the same thing. You better do business with God because I promise you that your God and my God, he starts to work in this right here. And so he he he, this is the end of 12 months. Look at verse 30. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the what? Look at this. Honor of my what, please? Do you know what he was saying here? Everything you see has been done by my power and for my honor. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. Did y'all just see that? The first horror film was not found in Hollywood. It's right there. Let me tell you something. But King Nebuchadnezzar was told one year before, you can't keep walking in pride. Because at some point, God's not going to do this anymore. I'm going to make a very bold statement. The moment you start walking in pride is the moment the clock starts ticking down. The moment anybody starts walking in pride is the moment the clock starts ticking. And when she ticks, it ticks on God's timetable, not yours. And this pride in Nebuchadnezzar's heart and mind so now let's go to verse 34, and at the end of the days, this is Nebuchadnezzar giving testimony, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honor him that liveth forever, whose dominion is everlasting, uh, is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Y'all, heads up. God's been God long before you were ever born. And God's been God in generations after generation and after generation, and God will be God after you are gone and generations to come, and our God does what he will. And, the, and and what's really crazy is, is it like none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? At the same time, look at this, my reason returned unto me for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and and excellent majesty was added unto me, now... Would you circle that right there? Now, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. You think? You think? Do you know what he said? After after walking around like an animal on my hands and knees, and after having eagle's feathers and claws and... And losing it all and realizing that you can't fly in the face of God? And I had 12 months to fix it? And now he's given me my reasoning back? I would just like to stand and testify now? I would like to extol the king of heaven. I would like to praise his mighty name. I would like everybody to know he's God. He's real. He can do whatever he wants to do. And then look at the very end. He gives personal testimony. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth in his ways, judgment. Would you look at the last phrase, and let's read together out loud. Ready? And those that walk in pride, he is able to what? Abase. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but can I just stop and tell you this? that there is an epidemic of stupidity among Christians. Was that politically correct? And if there was a Spanish translator right here, he could not translate that. There is an epidemic of stupidity. And let me tell you why. Because we honestly think that we can walk in pride and glory and look at me... And we think our God is going to let you walk that way. Can I just make a bold prediction? Your God's waiting someplace down your path to make you fall flat on your face. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I think I'm talking to all of us. I don't want to stand after the eagle's feathers. I don't want to stand, have you ever gotten stuff in your, in your mouth and, I, I think I just want to praise him now before I'm crawling on my hands and my feet like a beast. I think I want to praise him now before I lose it all. I like my life right now and I got a newsflash, I take no credit for my life right now, he did it all. Because there needs to be a revival of getting rid of your pride. Nebuchadnezzar, the dream was simple. Nebuchadnezzar, you're getting too big for your britches. My father used to put it this way. How many old-timers know exactly what he was trying to say? When I got to that point, Brother Johnny, to where it was just like I'm full of myself, and he he would just sit in that chair. And when I'd walk through that room, he said, "Hey, son, somebody please interpret the sign language." He's given me enough rope to hang myself. There was a time when I was just a jerk with a capital G. there were times I'd find a rope curled up on the end of my bed. You know what my dad was leaving for me? Hints of this. I'm going to give you enough rope that when you hang yourself, you'll know. You did that. I had nothing to do with it. The greatest attribute your God has going for you. I'm going to say that again. The greatest attribute, I'll make sure I read it right. The greatest attribute your God has going for you is his long-suffering. His long suffering is not for his sake. His long suffering is for your sake. And like he gave Nebuchadnezzar 12 months. I wonder who I'm talking to right now that in 12 months you will be acting like an animal because God fools with your family and your mind because you're walking in pride. You say, Boy, you, you coming after me? Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm just telling you what the Lord laid on my heart about six weeks ago, and you and I have to remember this. Our God does not take well when his creation creates their tower of Babel and crawls up to his level and takes part of his throne and his glory. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Only by pride cometh contention. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. Pride goeth before destruction. A man's pride shall bring him low. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. A proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. The Lord will destroy the house of the pride. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Better it is to be a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoils with the proud. A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wickedest sin. Proud and haughty, scorner is his name, who Dealeth in proud wrath. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. God resisteth the proud. Well, why can't my prayers get answered? As much as I hate to bring in the spiritual right now, that Alabama running back that went to the pros was it Derica, Derica Henry. Anyways, I'm watching that man play football. One, I don't know if you've seen it, one cornerback tried to tackle him with one arm, like a rag doll. And can I tell you what's happening all over? Is that we truly think that we're going to come up against God going 100 miles an hour, and we're going to be his equal. Uh Uh-uh. You come up against God doing 100 miles an hour, he's going to put you in your place. Listen, listen, please. Don't live an animalistic life. But the only way it would ever come is because of pride. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject. Attack your pride. Attack your pride. Attack it. Every day, get up and take that hammer and just attack it. Attack it. When you start rising up that you did this, you made this, all glory to me. Look at what I did. It doesn't matter what you and I have done. It's what he's allowed us to do. Y'all listen to this. Vainglory is something you take credit for that you had nothing to do with. You had nothing to do with your skill set. Sir, ma'am, you had nothing. Well, you know, I've got tenure. You may have tenure on everybody else, but you have not outtenured your God. Because your God has given you the skill and your God has given you the mind and your God has given you the athletic ability. And for any creation to think, I did this. God does not want to humble you. That's why he's let you walk in pride to this point. He doesn't want to humble you in front of your wife, he doesn't want to humble you in front of your boss. He doesn't want to humble you in front of your neighbors. He doesn't want to humble you in front of your church family. He doesn't want to humble you. God doesn't want to humble you. And I wonder how many times that we as mankind have walked in pride and God said, really, could you, could you kind of just stop? And I wonder how many months God's backed up. I wonder when we start our journey in pride, how many months does God go, you you know, you're here in January at the end and you got your W-2 and you looked at it and you either wept or you said, look at me, look at me, did much better than last year and God's had to back up to March and go, would would you please change? Would Would you please not do that? The only fight I've ever been in, let me back up. The only fight I've ever been in the middle of was somebody that knew karate, martial arts. And they teach you in martial arts that you're a peacemaker first. Your your job's not to learn this, not to be a peacemaker. His name was Roger Golden, and uh, when I first got here, I was in eighth grade, and uh, Roger Golden, his, his family were, were very much a part of the Longview Baptist Temple. And uh, Roger knew a, a certain form of martial arts. And we were at the mall, at the Longview Mall. Um, it's, it's that place right down the road. <laughs> and uh, it, it was built the first year we arrived here. Big stuff. You had to drive 10 miles to get to it. And, uh, but, but we were in the mall. We went into the bathroom. And all of a sudden, we, these guys wouldn't let us out. And so kind of backed up. In fact, Brother Petticoffer ran the arcade in the mall. And uh, was I supposed to say that? Okay. And uh, he ran the arcade in the mall. And uh, so um, that's where we went to hang out And um, until my mama found out. And, and my mama said, I don't care if Scott Petticoffer runs it or not. You ain't going to the arcade. Come home and play Atari Pong. Ding. Ding. How many know what I'm talking about? Ding. Mom, this is exciting. It's black and white. <laughs> and, uh, but, but we couldn't get out. And, and Roger was like, "I'm scared half to death. He's like a sophomore. I'm in eighth grade, and, and Roger just keeps backing up, and he backs me up, and he says, "Gentlemen, please, please, gentlemen, don't please don't do this. Gentlemen, don't do this." And they finally wouldn't back up, and Roger, I don't know what happened to him. But he turned to Asian real quick, and he did this move and that move, and I'm sitting there, and guy's laying in the corner. This guy's over here, and Roger looks at both and says, Guys, I asked you not to. And I'm like, Yeah, then they go. Get up now, huh? <laughs> Do you know what happens when we walk in pride? God's going, Please don't make me. I hold your health right there. Please don't make me. I hold your job right there. Please don't make me. I hold everything in the... Please, 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 please. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, like a father chastens his children, that God will chasten his own. And the Bible says if you're without chastisement, then you're illegitimate. Please, attack your pride. How do you attack it? You attack it three ways as found in the scripture. I love this about our God, and if you'll look there in Daniel chapter four, there's one verse that gives so, so much insight into how do you attack your pride. Ladies and gentlemen, God does not give you a warning and pending destruction without giving you a way to fix it. That's what I love about our God. Our God is not a bad parent. Our God does not whip first. Our God gives you a chance to fix first. And if you don't fix it, then for your own good, he has to do something. Don't don't fly in the face of God. There used to be preaching that had a built-in fear for God. God is a loving God. God is a merciful God. God is a God. But your God won't take your pride. He can take it when you're struggling with your humanity, but not when you bow up and you blow up and you're just like, I did all this. Church, who needs church? God, who needs God? Bible, why would I need to read my Bible? Kind, why would I need to be kind? Everybody else is a peasant. I am the superior one. And when we take that God-like divine nature, it's the ball team that thinks they're going to whoop another team, then they get beat by this little junior high team and everybody on the sidelines is like "Mm, you got exactly what you deserved." it's the fighter who's like come on come on come on come on and then one hit and and your god does not want to but if you're here tonight and you're like why is everybody crying why is everybody going to the altar praying what is going on can't we get out of here Oh, oh, ho oh, oh, ho. now you're bordering on pride. There are people watching us online right now that should be sitting in the house of God. But you know why they've elected online church instead of inside church? Is because they think they don't need to come with the rest of us peasants. I'm not talking about people with health problems. I'm not talking about people who are very, very ill right now, because we have a lot of people ill. We're going to need the extra seats downstairs, and I'll talk about it at the end of the service. But you all listen to me. God will not put up with your pride forever. I want to make a statement. You won't die and go to heaven without God dealing with your pride. Can I say that again? You will not die and go to heaven without your God dealing with your pride. He won't let you go from being king of your life and step into heaven. For the sake of his sovereign kingship, he has to let everybody know. Nobody does that to me. Nobody lives that way. Everybody is my servant. Everybody does my bidding. And I get a and I get scared for you teenagers. Come on, teens, I get scared for you when they're walking in pride. College students, I get scared. Worst thing ever happened to college students all over this country is they got a pay raise and got a new car. Because then we start walking in pride. There are three things that if you can do these, you'll always keep your pride in check. And he gave them to Nebuchadnezzar. Look at Daniel chapter 4 and verse 27. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 27. God gives him the plan of attack. He said this in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 27. He says this, and I'm keeping an eye on the clock. It doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm keeping an eye on it. He said this, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. He said... um, Look, if you'll just listen to counsel. Do you know what will take your pride away? Listen to counsel. Let somebody tell you something you're not willing to tell yourself. Can anybody tell you no without you blowing a gasket? You see, pride needs somebody to keep it in check. And you know what keeps it in check? Spiritual leaders keep it in check. You see, Daniel was not an unknown spiritual influence. Daniel's spirituality is documented. Daniel's history is documented. Daniel chapter 1, as a young man, he purposed in his heart. Daniel chapter 2, he interprets the first dream. In Daniel chapter 3, the three Hebrew boys refused to bow. These were Daniel's friends. You say, well, where was Daniel? Daniel had been put over the governorship of 127 provinces, and I believe, according to Scripture, me and Brother Mitchell figured it out, praise God, uh, that, that he probably was away during this time because when the four amigos started out over here, they didn't want to take the king's meat. Listen, this Daniel was not an unknown, but Daniel went to the king and said, King, would you please let my counsel be acceptable? Many times I'll ask a young person, and I say, "Who, who right now could step in here and they could tell you no, and you would believe them? If it's not me, who? If it's not me, then who? Hey, wife, before you leave your husband, what wife will you listen to? If you're not going to listen to pastor." What wife are you going to listen to? And I, if I had a nickel for every time a teenager or a wife or a husband, a college student, in 35 years, called somebody's name. And many of you sitting in this auditorium know I'm telling you the truth because we put them on the speakerphone. And I would say, you don't know them. They don't know you. Would you tell them? And then people, they do know. Would you tell them? Do you know what pride says? You can't tell me what to do. I don't believe what you say, and God's going, but I've tried to tell you 12 months. Can I ask you a question? Who has disagreed with you? That in your pride, broken relationships are nothing but prideful problems. Come on, let's just get honest. And the reason people don't go ask advice it's because they already know what's going to be said. Let me tell you, the, first thing, the worst thing you'll ever do is go to the vending machine of counsel and get something that agrees with you. So how do I break this pride? It's found there. Three things are found right there. He said, would you please let my words be acceptable? Well, nobody's approached me. Now, I'm speaking very external right now because I don't know nothing that's going on in this auditorium. I fixed it all before I got here. There are no more problems in Christianity. I fixed it all. But there are people that are like, don't go ask. And then they claim, well, you know, you know, the Lord's confirmed in my heart, who did you ask? Well, I asked my seventh grade friend what they thought. Gotcha. How about somebody that refused to eat the king's meat how about somebody that the god of heaven reveals secrets to you see we want counselors that have no victories they have no battle scars they have no experience but pride pride won't let you ask a veteran how do you shoot that gun and the reason we have aged men and aged women in this church, and the reason God has given our church evangelists, and the reason God has given our church pastors, and the reason God has given our church teachers, is for us to have counselors. Please, pride can be attacked and beaten when, daughter, you just go ask your mama. I heard something that was very precious this past week, and... and um, And I asked if I could use the illustration for tonight. This young lady was struggling with a young man that she was interested in. And I I asked her, I said, what would your mom and dad say? She said, you know, that's ironic, Brother Bob, because she's 17. She said, you know what's ironic about that? My mom and dad looked at me eight months ago and said, that's not the guy for you. Drop him. And my relationship has been terrible with my parents until this past week when I dropped him. Your pride just could be the plug that's keeping your life from flowing freely. There are three things. How do you attack it? Allow counselors to counsel you according to the word of God. Daniel didn't give this counsel because he thought it up. Daniel gave this counsel because He's an interpreter of dreams. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar's son said, you know, I've heard of you. I've heard of you. I've heard of you. Are, are you that guy? You're that guy that can interpret dreams, right? And his son had a pride problem just like his daddy had a pride problem. Let me tell you, counsel. And if you are a counselor, could you help pastor and parents? Don't pat them on the head. But don't be mean to them. But in Christian love, be honest honest with them don't don't do this don't do this to the spiritual structure of the families well they just don't understand that son if he were my son okay Absalom but I'm going to tell you right now he's not your son the second thing to attack your pride are y'all okay man I got three minutes and 25 seconds till I have to be done too bad I can't tell time all right here we go would you please look at number two? Daniel 4, 27, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. This is, before the, this is before the 12 months ever hit. You see, these are two verses before 12 months were done. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Break off thy sins by what, please? Now, this is a very interesting phrase. The word break off will give us, be used here. Break off. You know what it means? Peel it back. It's like a banana. Just peel back the skin and get down to the truth of the matter. That's why the Bible says break up your ground." You know what he's saying? Drop it down. Break it up. Let's get down to the skin of a matter. Have you ever pulled back the skin and how sensitive is it? Have you ever ripped off a fingernail and it was very sensitive? Let me tell you you what God wants you to do. Break it off. Start peeling back. Peel back what? Here you have the word sin. This particular word sin, and you can even look it up in the Hebrew yourself, is only found four times. And this particular Hebrew word is is a word that means measure. It means cord. A cord was used as a measuring device by placing knots in the cord The cord then is stretched between the two points to measure the distance of missing the mark. Sin is missing the mark. And what they would do is, is they would take a cord and then they would tie a knot in it in increments. When he said to him, hey... Break off. Look at, look at there, if you will. And when he said to that, break off thy sins by what? Righteousness. Pay attention now. Pay attention. I, I think you are and you're doing a great job. You know what he said? Break off your, your sins by righteousness. Righteousness being right. And if I were going to shoot, and if the edge of the platform is the mark of perfection, He said, why don't you stop thinking you're perfect and start admitting, man, I missed that one by one, two, three. Woo, I missed that one by four. You know what pride says? Miss what? I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm going to ask you a very... Interesting question. When's the last time you repented about anything and had to apologize? Or are you always right? You're 16, you've always been right. That's funny. Think about that. There are people that if you say to them you're wrong, I <laughs> I don't know what to talk about You know how you break your pride so God doesn't have to break it? Admit it. I fell short. Start carrying around. You know, dear wife, man, you made me so stinking mad that I just didn't miss it by two knots. I'm going to tell you right now, that was a four. That was a six knot. I didn't mean to make a noose there, babe. And uh, <laughs> man, that was a one, two, three, four, five, six. Man, that was a seven knotter right there. But we have people that that are like wrong. I'm 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 never wrong. She's the one that always does wrong, so Jason says. Uh Uh-uh. Do you know why you're human? Do you know why you make mistakes? To keep your pride down. Son, I got it wrong. Do you know why Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, had a pride problem? Because daddy had a pride problem. When is the last time you ever repented about something you did wrong? Somebody that I would consider the greatest Christian in, in, in my book looked at me two days ago and they said, uh, Hey, man, I had to apologize to somebody. Man, I got it wrong. I got it wrong, I walked away from that conversation thinking to myself, man, if they got it wrong, I'm like in trouble. But you know we don't want people to know, Uh, man, I'm all messed up. I'm always getting it wrong. I'm always saying the wrong thing. I'm always doing the wrong thing. But I'd much rather have somebody that has a whole lot of knots in their life, but they can admit it, than somebody who has, oh, me? I, me? This is where you get people there in the classroom when the teacher leaves. They're up to the junk. And don't you hate it when somebody repents in the classroom, yeah, teacher, we were all bad. And then all of a sudden, don't you love it? Now we're getting, fixing it a little. Now, now. Here we go. You ready? And don't you love it when somebody comes, oh, I, I didn't do anything. And the rest of the class is going, are you serious? You're the one that gave us the rope. (laughs) And then don't you love it when the parents get involved and it's like, my child said they didn't do anything. I got a sneaking hunch that the parent that believes their child about not having any knots is a parent who has a lot of knots. They just don't like to admit it. My mama took this a lot. I wish my mama. Now, let me tell you something about Leanne Gray. I wish she was well enough to come teach a parenting course. Because my mama was just lived this way. Don't surprise me one bit. The mama, supposed to be my cheerleader. She said, I'm going to be your whooper, not your cheerleader. You know how you attack your pride? Admit it, you fell short. Peel it back and just admit it. The second thing you'll find, you're the third thing, and then we're done. Look at it. Not only are you to break off thy sins by righteousness, when you miss the mark, then pride says, I missed the mark. I'm going to admit it. I blew it. Then the third thing, if you will, look at what it says. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities. So break off thy sins, that two words break off, can also be applied to this phrase, thine iniquity, by showing mercy to the what? When you study the definition of the word iniquities, there it simply means to twist or to pervert. It means that you twist and you pervert, and then it tied the twisting and perverting by showing what to the poor mercy to the poor. Have you ever played the game mercy? How many have how ever played the game mercy? My dad had his feet propped up one time, and I was 19, just was married. My dad was old. He was like in his 40s. <laughs> my dad was kicked back in his recliner. He wrestled in high school. And I come bouncing through one day, just married, but out of the house for just a little bit. And I walked through and I, and I twisted his toe and went into the kitchen. He's got his stocking feet, taking a nap. I walk in and my mama says, you better leave him alone. I said, hey, mom, he's old. <laughs> Gravity is back like this. It'll take him 15 years to get out of that chair. And I still remember my mom said, son, I'm telling you. Your dad may be old, but he hadn't lost a step. Uh, yeah, So I go back around and I t- twist that toe. And I'm like, Pfft. my 12 months are up after the next twist. <laughs> I walk back through and twist it. Now, usually at our house, when you heard the click of the hand on the recliner, you have time to run and lock the door and put a lot of pair of britches on because he's fixing to whoop the snot out of you. Right? I never heard the ch ch I never heard the click. The next thing I knew, my face was down on the thing. My dad's on top of me, and he said this, had enough yet? And I'm like, How did you how did you do that? He goes, son, are you done yet? Are you gonna leave me alone? And I'm like, Yes, sir. You know how you break your pride? Stop using people. Because that's what that means. Stop taking people who are at your mercy and using them to accomplish what you want. We live in a day and time where people are only nice to people because they want something out of people. Come on now. They can't be nice to people on a daily basis. You ever have them people in your life that you only get a phone call with them when they want something? They treat you like dirt 24 hours. And then on that 12th hour, they oh, brother, could I get a ride? And do you have some, and do you have, and you're like, the only reason you like me is because I have a nicer car with gasoline in it. Come on, college students, can I get a witness right there? Listen, I'm going to end with this. Prideful people use people. They just do. They just do. Attack your pride. Attack your pride. The end result is this. Look at Daniel 4, 27 at the end. It may be. So if you attack your pride and you listen to counsel and you admit I've fallen short and you stop manipulating people, let's just let me stop and say this. Show me the people you are friends with and show me the people that you would do anything for at the drop of a hat and I'll show you how prideful you are. Because if you qualify your help rather than help, a brother in need is a brother in need regardless of their financial standing. And what is true Christianity? You give with no hope of being recompensed. Isn't that true, Christianity? But when your phone is set to help people and you know they can give you back, that's not Christianity. That's pride what would happen? Look at the promise that he made Nebuchadnezzar. It, if it may be. So, king, if you'll hearken to the words, if you'll break off thy sins, if you'll admit that you missed the mark, if you'll stop using people and show mercy to people who don't have and treat them like human beings, it, if it may be a lengthening of thy what? And we're done. A lengthening of thy what? Do you know how you get the most out of your life? Attack your pride. Attack your pride. If you want to be in this for the long haul without God humbling you, I want to be in this. Now, and I say this with all the sincerity. I got more knots in my life than the Carters got liver pills. I don't know who Carter is. I used to think he was a president until I found out he was a pill maker out of Georgia. And, uh, but, but for anybody to say... Oh, I've gone sinless for the last five days. Man, I need your salvation. Because something's messed up about mine. Because it's like, (laughs) I have no doubt. If you walked up to me right now and said, do you know what you did to me? (laughs) I'd be like, was it that one? No, was it that one? If you'll give me a moment, I'll find it was it was it that? No. It's that. I did that? I'm sorry. Here's why. Cuz I'd much rather say I'm sorry to you than I I'm sorry cuz which one has the power to turn me into an animal? <laughs> I think We're too scared about the wrong person. Give us Christians who attack their pride, and I promise you that your God will give you tranquility. Would you think about that? Tranquility. Peace. Love. Joy. Groovy baby. It's tranquility. And that's what I want. That's what I want. And as long as I'm trapped in this flesh, I'm never going to get it right. But I want to be able to look at my life and say, God did this. I had nothing to do with this. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.